The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. From Herd at Sports, here's a hot take with Damon Benning and Andrew Rogers. So nothing happened yesterday, DB. Nothing, <laughs> nothing in sports. Uh, it was a really nice, easy day. I watched the NFL uh, start to finish, and nothing around noon really hindered my time of watching NFL football. Yeah, what's the what's that song? Just a day, just an ordinary day. <laughs> Little Vanessa Carlton, right? Like, yeah, such a bombshell, and it happened fast, right? I mean, you're you're thinking, okay. There's going to be a meeting. We're going to play this out. I think I, I think I know how this is going to go in my head. And uh, maybe for Trev Alberts, it did or didn't go according to plan. But you knew uh, by the end of that meeting that you had a, you had some information to share with the rest of the country. <laughs> I mean, that that's kind of how that went down. It kind of was a a, a bomb that just dropped and it, I think it was a shock to a lot of people because everybody expected it to be October first, but. The way I looked at it is, I almost think Trev Albert, I mean, he's so smart in everything that he does, but I, what a power move by him to do it now, because I believe that reinstills confidence, not only in the fan base, but the players knowing that, hey, I acknowledge that things aren't going right. Yeah. And by making this change, we can still save our season in some way, shape or form. I, I completely agree. And I think, and here's the thing, it's a, it's kind of layered because remember when Trev made the decision to bring Coach Frost back with different numerical values associated to the contract and and how that was going to play out. I think when he told us that there is no empirical data that this thing will work, he had to reconcile that in his head as a as not only a an athletic director but somebody with some fiscal responsibility because he's in essence saying, "Hey, listen, this has never worked before." Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna see how it goes. I want to make sure that I've done everything that I that I could do to equip him with the tools necessary to have success, and that's the best I could do. You could tell that he didn't love the idea, but he wasn't gonna be able to say, "Hey, I did the best I could." And until he could say that, he had to go with it, right? Because he was giving you the duality of it. And I think when he made the decision yesterday. And he knew it was going to cost an extra $7.5 million. He totally put the student-athletes first. All right? It, it's not our money. It, is, it isn't our hard tax-paying dollars, hard at work. Uh, I think he felt like the student-athletes deserve more. And I, and I absolutely think he felt like the fan base deserved more. And it was headed in a, in a, in a worse direction. So he has to think... Yeah, it cost me a lot, but how much would it be to stay the course for another three weeks? Well, and you bring up a great point with the student-athletes because you were once a student-athlete playing for the football program. And this was a, a something that I thought about last night when I knew we were going to come in and, and you know, once the news had settled, we were, gonna, we were going to talk about it. From a player's perspective, say you were in the system right now mm-hmm. and this happened, 
how would you react? Would this? Would you be like, man, that was my guy, that was my head coach, and he recruited me this, that, and the other? Or, gosh, you know, it really stinks. This is we were losing, and wow, thank goodness we can finally have some new momentum. Yeah, hard to say without the relation, each individual relationship. But I think at the end of the day, knowing me at nineteen or twenty or eighteen, I wanted to win. So, winning for me superseded any relationships that I had built, and and I think. A lot of it depends on the relationship that you have with the interim. Now, if you bring in somebody that the players aren't as passionate about or know as much about, then I think you're rolling the dice. But if you understand your climate and kind of what you need when you you make Mickey Joseph an interim head coach, he's automatically going to inject a few things into your program. Number one, accountability, and number two, energy. And I think those are two things that were sorely lacking in this program. And a milestone moment to have Mickey Joseph in that role because he is the first black head coach yeah. in Nebraska history. So, yeah, um, not just football. Not just football, all sports. But the point that you brought up there, and as we start to wind this thing down, is you said winning. And this is what, oh gosh, I got on my soapbox yesterday. <laughs> because, are you an Irish Spring guy? I love <laughs> Irish Spring is like my go-to. Irish Spring, it actually was the travel size bottle that I grabbed to oh, go home fine. last weekend and uh I got on my soapbox and I was I was just just taken back by Trev saying in his and I quoted it I we're not going to hire coaches who don't believe what we believe and at this stage of the game I'm sitting back and I'm like why are we dismissing names already why is Nebraska already writing off certain names I'm not saying that you have to hire uh Mr. (laughs) You know uh, against all character morale that, you know, a guy, like Urban has. Meyer. a guy like Urban Meyer is what I'm getting at. I'm not saying, but why are you writing off the name Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer wins at the college level. If we want to finally get back to Nebraska old ways, you have to win football games and you have to find somebody that can win games. There's a lot of names out there that can help you do that, but by already marking off names that can help you win, I don't care what type of baggage you have. Everybody has baggage. Scott Frost had baggage yeah. before he came to Nebraska I I think he said two things that will alleviate that number one he said it it has to be with what we believe and I'm not sure that most Nebraskans will rally around that even though it does mean winning probably and number two he said it has to be a person of great integrity and character that the players can buy in to and with but I don't need somebody that calls their mom every night I want somebody that can win football games so I think I think I'm gonna like you already it doesn't have to be a one or a ten Right, it doesn't have to be. You're 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 kind of you're kind of gravitating towards the ten. That's Urban Meyer. <laughs> what if you give me a seven? Right, I'll take it's a seven. A, somebody that understands gray, but doesn't necessarily have to play in the gray. Right, because I, I think that's what he's talking about. But at the core, he basically told you the qualifications that he's looking for. He, he somebody that the players can follow, a person of integrity, somebody that hates losing more than they like winning. Uh, a grinder, somebody that doesn't have a ton of hobbies. It's a grinder's job. I've said this for, I don't know, forever. It's a developmental program. And until Nebraska starts to embrace that and say it out loud, it's not going to come to fruition because it's not just words. It's a way of life. And that's what they have to understand. It's not just words. It's a way of life. This is, It's about development. The flash and dash is good. High-level skill talent. That's fine, right? You supplement with that. You don't supplant with it because staying power in the Big Ten West happens with development. 
and with the expanded conference, it's going to be an attractive destination for any next head coach. Now, something to keep in mind, too, is the fan base here in Nebraska because they are crazy loyal no matter what. But you have to think about building for that next generation, that next generation coach, those next generation players, those next generation fans. Because if you don't win football games in 10 to 15 years, you're not going to have any fans left to fill those seats and have that consecutive sellout streak continue. No question. It has to be, you know, I thought it was interesting where he said, you know, hey, we're not going to win the press conference with the next head coach. And and uh, we and that, to me, kind of set the stage that, the core of who he wants Nebraska to be are the characteristics that he set forth. If it's a splashy name, hey, he'll take it. But, you know, for all the rumblings and rumors, whether it's a, a Jim Leonard or a Kleiman or a Leipold or, or whomever else, Matt Campbell, uh, Mark Stoops, what's important for folks to – by the way, I don't think Mark Stoops would ever take the job, but <laughs> I say that and I'm rapidly working backwards. I think for the fan base to rally around, it's that – if you're younger, it's that you're building. You are building for the future. It isn't a stopgap or a quick fix. There's long-term, lasting s- s- sustainability in the program, and I think that's what's got to draw the pups in. Damon Benning, appreciate your time. Wow, thanks for having me. I think we may be doing this you know, a <laughs> once time or, or twice. Two. Once or twice, we we'll see what happens. <laughs> that's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. That's your hot take. A day after Scott Frost firing.